This is Troy Black. Welcome to My Prophetic Journal, in which I share the stories and details of my personal day-to-day interaction with the Holy Spirit. In the pages of this journal, you'll discover dreams, visions, prophetic utterances, miracles, and more, all connected to the voice of a real, living Savior. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, this is Troy Black, and I am super excited about this podcast episode because today I have my brother Reese Black uh, to as a guest on the podcast episode with me, and he, we are going to be discussing some really interesting stuff. So, Reese, do you want to introduce yourself real quick for those who don't know you? Uh, yeah, my name's Reese. I'm Troy's brother, obviously. Uh, I've had the privilege of hopping on Troy's YouTube channel and making a few videos with Troy. Uh, and then also a few by myself. And I just, I love the Lord. I've been in church my whole life. And especially in the last um, eight years or so, um, really gone deeper with my relationship with the Lord and and began to experience some of the stuff that we're talking about on this podcast, that Troy talks about on this podcast, as far as hearing from the Lord, um, giving prophetic words, and uh, and just seeking after the supernatural things of God that are are promised in the scriptures. And so I love all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to to talk about prophecy and especially talk about the church and believers coming together and being united today. Yeah, Reese, could you just share like a link to your content real quick? Yeah, if you, if anybody wants to check out my stuff, um you can find it all on my website holdingfireblog.com. That's awesome, man. Thanks for joining me today, Reese. I'm super excited. So we're going to be asking this question and kind of discussing this, and we don't really have, other than um, some scriptures that we've pulled up, we don't have a lot planned. We're just going to see what the Lord does. But uh, we're going to be talking about this question, who should you share prophetic words with, and then when and why? Um, And I believe this is a question that I asked all the time when I first started hearing from the Lord. Um, so when I was in college and I first got saved, um, what I would consider a salvation, like, you know, understanding and accepting the gospel moment, um, I began to hear from the Holy Spirit uh, in my heart is, you know, that still small voice that the scripture talks about. And I had this question all the time because I would get prophetic words about my life, but I would also get prophetic words sometimes in the company of other people, like my friends and such. And then I would have that question, like, am I supposed to be saying this to them? Like, like you know, I had no reference point for any of that. Um, and sometimes I did. And a lot of times I didn't <laughs> share things, you know. Um, so yeah, Reese, I'm just going to let you like get us started. You're, uh, let you kick it off with, you know, whatever you feel like the Lord is leading you to share. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Thanks so much, man. Um, I want to start. I, I love that uh, we're talking about prophecy in the sense of who we're sharing it with and, and the why behind it. Because uh, I think sometimes, especially, you know, being in the charismatic church for a while, I think sometimes we can get into the mindset of seeking gifts, and which is fine, which and Paul very clearly says to seek prophecy and seek gifts. But when, when we stop uh, focusing on the why behind it, like, why is it important to have, then we start thinking, we get off a little bit and we start thinking like, it's just because it's cool. And I'd like to do it, you know, It'd be like, oh, I saw that that prophetic guy and he like, wow, he wowed everybody. And that's really cool. Um, but I think it's really important to remember biblically the why, like why, why do we prophesy? Why is why do believers even do this? And with the question being when and why, for, for me, the when is uh, anytime that you're around believers is definitely a good time 
Um, and the word of God says that anytime that two or more people are gathered together, he's there in their midst. Uh, and, and so if you are, if you're with another believer, you're having church, you are the church, you're the body of Christ. In first Corinthians 14, Paul talks at length, at length about prophecy, uh, whenever you have church, whenever you're together with believers. And so I'm just going to read this and then we can start to get into the why. Uh, so first Corinthians 14, starting in verse 26, it says, when you come together, Each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And then jumping down to 29, it says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets, the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Uh, and so the the why, there's a lot of things that we can say about this verse, and I, I think we'll get into it, but the why, first and foremost, is in this verse and also all throughout 1 Corinthians 14. Very clearly, the why is building up the body of Christ. Building up. Building up is the why. Why do we why why do we prophesy? Um, why is it important to seek the the gift of prophecy? And I think very clearly all throughout it, whenever he talks about prophecy, it's building up the body of Christ. And and that's why it's so important. And that's why I think it's so important that everyone can prophesy. And Paul's very clear about that is because that's not just one person's job. Um, I think a lot of times in the church, we can get stuck in the one person's on the stage teaching kind of model, which is a fine model to use, but it's not the end all be all of everything. Because when you get stuck there, you, you think that, it's that person's job to build up the church and not, I am a member of the body connected to members of the body. And it's our job to be building each other up. Um, and there's lots of ways that you can build up other believers, but prophecy very clearly is one of those ways. Yeah. I just got this picture of a person who got gets in an accident and is unable to use most of their limbs for a time being. You know, they're laying in bed, they've got a broken leg, they've got two broken arms, and they're hobbling around on one good leg and trying to get things done. And how difficult that would be, you know, to actually like be able to complete normal day-to-day tasks. And yet I think the body of Christ in some sense is, is trying to do this. We're like this person who's, you know, in a sense gotten in this accident and is missing parts of the whole, like, like a part of what it needs to do, to be able to do what God has asked us to do, you know, and I think that's obviously scripture talks a lot about that. And Paul even uses the body as, as an illustration for, you know, some of us are an ear, some of us are a hand, but that doesn't make one of us better than another. And also he says, every part needs every other part, you know, or else the body is not functioning as a whole. And I and yeah, I think you're right on, Reese. I think that's 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 uh, that's so important. I actually want to read that verse you you referenced. Um, it, it's at the beginning of the same chapter, First uh, Corinthians fourteen, uh, verse five. It says, "Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but rather that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edification." So if, you, if you're listening and you ever have had that question in your mind, is it okay for me to prophesy? Should I be prophesying? Should I, you know, try to prophesy, you know, or should I expect God to prophesy through me? Any of those questions, the scripture clearly states right here that the Holy Spirit is saying, I wish every Christian 
would prophesy, is what he's saying. I, I wish every believer would be okay with prophesying and allow me to prophesy through them. And obviously there's a huge difference, and it's a distinction that needs to be made. There's a huge difference between uh, you know, a, someone who's acting in the role of a prophet and somebody who is prophesying. But I think it's so clear that even if, you, even if that's not the main spiritual gift God is wanting to use in your life, every believer has the ability to prophesy through the power and the working of the Holy Spirit inside of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and continuing with the why, we have very clearly in, in 1 Corinthians 14 and throughout lots of areas of Scripture, um, building up, building up the body, like you said, is I think the number one reason um, and, and probably the most common reason for most of us, common reason. I do want to touch on, uh, I'm not going to go and read the specific verse, but it is in 1 Corinthians 14, same chapter that we're, we're both referencing here. Paul is obviously talking a lot about prophecy here. Uh, he does mention unbelievers coming into like a gathering of believers and mentions how when that happens, if the believers are prophesying and then prophesy and, and hear words from the Lord and give them to that believer, then most likely the, sorry, the unbeliever, that unbeliever is basically going to like fall on their face and worship God yeah. and become a believer is <laughs> basically how it describes that. Yeah. Um, and, and so I was going to, that we're not talking about, we, I mean, we could talk about that um, during this podcast, but I think for the most part, we're talking about building each other up and first, first Corinthians 14 mainly talks about building up the church. And I think there's a few reasons for that. I think part of it is even like practice and helping the body be mature and know that we actually are hearing from the Lord. Because it's really hard when you first step out and say, oh, I think I'm hearing from the Lord. Um, but your first time that you give a prophetic word, you probably don't want to give it on a stage in front of thousands of people and say, I know God is saying this. It's probably going to be more casual. It's probably going to be more, you're going to, you're going to tell it to a trusted friend, a believer and say, I think that this is what the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. Um, could you, you know, what do you think about this? Do you, do you think this is something the Holy Spirit could be speaking to me? Uh, and biblically, like, what do you know about the Bible that could help me to know whether or not I'm actually hearing from the Lord clearly or not? Uh, but that is the second reason for sure that Paul has in there is besides building up the body can be an evangelistic tool uh, to an unbeliever. You speak a word from the Lord to them and they, they get saved because of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've definitely seen both of those things, you know, um, in my own life and in the lives of other people around me who I know um, operate in this gift sometimes. Um, a few examples. One, one that is, I think, is really relevant because it happened uh, relevant to me because it happened the other day. Um, me and my wife host a small group with our church uh, in our home, and we were taking prayer requests at the end of this meeting where we had worshipped the Lord. You know, we had talked about the sermon that from that Sunday, and um, we, you know, we had hung out together and had fellowship. And um, anyways, so we're taking prayer requests, and one of the guys uh, in our group, uh, his request was. I'm supposed to be preaching a sermon for the youth at church on Wednesday, and uh, I have nothing to preach about. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what to talk about, you know. And as soon as he said that, I got this word of knowledge, in, like this phrase I just heard in my mind, and it was, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, is what I heard. And so afterwards, I, you know, I didn't say it right then in front of the group, but afterwards I went up to him and I said, hey, man, you know, you, you probably need to pray about this, but I, <laughs> this may be a word that I heard from the Lord. Um, so, you know, definitely take it and pray about it. 
And I shared it with him, and he said the only idea he had, like he was reading scripture earlier that day, and the only thing that, the only idea he had had up to that point was he read this verse about Elijah uh, and him praying for rain directly after that, after the prophets of Baal thing happened. And he said he had, he kind of felt like the Lord was wanting him to preach about that. And so, yeah, so for him, it was a direct confirmation of, you know, and he said, I'm definitely preaching about Elijah now, <laughs> you know, that this is what God wanted me to preach about. And and for me, it was very encouraging, too, because it's like, wow, okay, not only did he get a confirmation, but I got a confirmation back that I was hearing from the Lord as well, you know, and so it was really neat, you know, a really cool, um, but a very simple, simple example, you know, but at the same time, I think that's what it looks like, you know, most of the time, what God wants to do with prophecy is like, he just, it's it's just another way he confirms his voice to his children, you know, and through that, like you said, Reese, the body of Christ is being built up. Because in that moment, I know I was built up. I know he was built up, you know, and, yeah. and he preached the, I'm guessing he preached the sermon that God really wanted him to preach, you know, and, right. and the, right. the people in the audience heard what God wanted them to hear based on that too. You know, and obviously that's not me because the Holy Spirit was already giving him that word. It was already, but he, but he got a confirmation, you know, through another believer about it. So, I think that was a good example. Um, something else that came to mind, Reese, while you're talking was, uh, yeah, a lot of times when I get prophetic words, you know, I share a lot of words online and stuff, and a lot of times when I get prophetic words uh, for you, those of y'all who don't know. Uh, usually one of the first people I'm telling about the words I hear is Reese himself. <laughs> so I'm usually calling him saying, Reese, uh, I got this crazy word that's going to sound ridiculous when you hear it. <laughs> and I'm sometimes even laughing about it, not because I'm laughing about what God said, but because I'm laughing about how seemingly odd some things are, you know, and, right, and the, right. how seemingly odd they, they appear to my natural mind. Especially visions, yeah. Like the pictures that you get in the visions, they can be really odd, really strange. Especially visions, yeah. Super weird sometimes. Sometimes it makes me laugh, you know, when I see them. But what I found is like when I, uh, I mean, you know, Reese is someone I trust, you know, and you know this, Reese. <laughs> I trust you, like, and and your ability to hear from the Lord, but also your knowledge of Scripture and um, just your 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 walk with the Lord is so steady that. To me, you're somebody that I'm willing to share those things with and I'm willing to be vulnerable with. And I would not, mm. I wouldn't do that with anybody, you know, like, right, right. You know, most of the time, if I'm sharing a word publicly, I've, it's gone through a few steps of sharing it with other people I trust, like you or like my wife, Leslie, or even on occasion, um, we, we have an elder at our church. His name is Bill Leckie, and he has operated in the prophetic and he's been involved in the prophetic ministry um, for, for many, many years. Um, and he was actually, uh, he was at, over the prophetic ministry at Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas, or South Lake, Texas, um, mm-hmm. for a while. And so it's people like that, there's, there's, there's been many occasions where I've gone to somebody who has a lot more, either more experience than myself or is just outside of my own head, you know, <laughs> somebody else, another believer who's hearing from the Lord. And I've said, hey, here's what I think I heard. What do you believe? What do you think about that? You know, is this... First off, biblical, is it, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you about it? You know, what's the impression you got when you heard it? Like, you know, like, and sometimes I've, I've started out by saying, if, if I am uh, not hearing from the Lord right now, please tell me, <laughs> you know, because sometimes Absolutely. I'm more, I'm more confident than others. Um, but I think this can be an encouragement to anyone who's learning to hear from the Lord, wanting to hear God's voice, or even hearing from the Lord, but not, sh- not always sure 
um, is when you're willing to be vulnerable with somebody else, not just anybody, but someone you trust, someone who you know hears from the Lord too, um, sometimes they might not have any idea. You know, sometimes they might say, oh, I don't know. You know, I'll pray about it. I didn't really get anything from the Lord about it. But other times they'll be able to hear it and they'll say, wow, that lines up with this verse here exactly, this scripture that I've been reading, or yeah, that's the same thing the Lord has been saying to me. Or they'll pray about it and say, wow, yeah, that actually, um, I believe that is from the Lord. And so that'll act as a confirmation as well. I love that. It's so good. I You're talking about the who. And so I, I want to hop into this as well, because the, our original question was, who do you prophesy to? Uh, and then, of course, why and when? And so we've talked a little bit about the why. Uh, but this might be kind of weird for some people to hear what you're talking about right now, because there is there's generally... I think out there, especially in the the churches that are okay with prophecy and like the charismatic kind of stuff, there is kind of an idea of sort of like the, the man of God and the the prophet as like a high and mighty thing of like somebody is speaking God's word to where that sort of thing can't be questioned. Yeah. And so if if I'm a, a renowned prophet and I have a word and I give it to somebody, it's like the the word is the word and that's it. There's there's no questioning. There's no dialogue. And what you're talking about is kind of a, a dialogue. It's kind of a, I'm going to submit this to you, or I have this word, I think it's for this other person, maybe, or, or maybe for the church at large, like you have visions and you, that are for the church at large. Um, but oftentimes you submit them to me or to somebody else that you trust. And so what are we talking about? Is this biblical? I want to get into this who, because this is in these verses um, that we've already read and also some others. So that going back to 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 29, I already read this verse, but I'm going to read it again. It says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. Some translations say, let the others judge what is said. And this is an extremely relevant verse because it really starts to hit at the difference between prophecy in the New Testament and prophecy in the Old Testament. And they are extremely different. And so we're talking about the who, who are we prophesying to? We need to understand, uh, and I'm going to get into these other verses here. We need to understand the who, the believers, when we're prophesying to believers specifically, we are prophesying to people who do not have to hear from us yeah. because they can hear from the Holy Spirit themselves. Yep. And that is why it says, let the others weigh what is said. That's why that's allowed. Because if if it was the one person who's speaking is the only one who can hear from the Lord, how are the other ones going to judge? Because this isn't a matter of opinion. What you're talking about is not, oh, I think I heard this from the Lord. I'm going to I'm gonna just like tell some random people and then see what they think. And they'll be like, well, that's, I don't think that. I That word you just shared isn't my opinion. It doesn't line up with my opinion. So I'm going to say, nah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you're sharing a word with people that you trust, hear from the Holy Spirit themselves. Yeah. And so you're confirming that you are hearing from the Holy Spirit through other people who hear from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read these verses very quickly, but this this is why New Covenant prophecy is like this as opposed to Old Covenant prophecy. Old Covenant prophecy, there typically was only one prophet, sometimes a couple operating. And the Holy Spirit, this is very clear in the Bible, did not dwell inside of people in the Old Testament like they do now. When God's spirit was, came upon people, it literally was like that. It was like a jacket or a blanket that would settle on you. Think of like Samson. This is this happens with Samson. Uh, Samson, the Bible would say, the spirit of God would come upon him and then leave. He wasn't always able to, you know, 
rip donkeys apart and like break walls and all the crazy stuff that he did. He wasn't always able to do that at all times. I don't think he ever ripped a donkey apart recently. <laughs> oh, he ripped he ripped a, a lion apart. He killed people with a donkey's jaw. Anyways, I, I'm getting those animals confused. But it said that the spirit awesome. of God would come upon him. And when it did come upon him, he was able to do things he wasn't able to do before. Yeah. Same thing with the prophets. That's why the the standard was so high to where it would say that if a, if a prophet was um, speaking false prophecies, they should get stoned yeah. because it was very clear the the spirit of God would descend on them and they'd be like, oh, this is different than anything I've experienced before. I know this is God speaking and he'd give a specific word and it was their job to either share it or be in disobedience. Yeah. In the New Testament, it's different and that standard is not the same. Paul never says when he's talking about giving prophecies, he says to weigh the prophecies. He doesn't say, and if somebody gets one wrong, stone them to death. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, and, here's, and here's why. So I'm gonna read these verses. So this is Joel 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. We know this is talking about the new covenant because in uh, Acts, Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost and quotes the same exact verse and says, this is now fulfilled. This is what God is doing right now. And the the reason it points out to both old people and young people and also to male and female servants is because, again, the Old Testament, there was usually only one special person, but now it's saying that every single believer can prophesy, which Paul even said in that uh, other verse there in 1 Corinthians 14 that we just read. Um, and then I'm going to read a tiny bit of the new covenant promise. So this comes from Hebrews eight, and this is also, it's, it's directly pulled actually from Jeremiah 31. Um, and so if you go read Jeremiah 31 or go read Hebrews eight, you're reading the same thing. Um, and first it talks about what the old covenant was like, and then it talks about the new covenant. So here in the new covenant, um, it says, for this is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days declares the Lord, I will put my law into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. So the two promises here about the new covenant is, one, God is going to forgive all of our sins, which is amazing and great. And the other promise is no one will have to teach you to know the Lord, because from the least to the greatest, you all know the Lord. And so when it comes to New Testament prophecy, when we're building each other up, um, that's why Paul says one or two prophets will share words and everyone else will weigh them and judge them um, because it's not the one special lone person who can only hear from the Lord. You, you are talking to people who have the spirit of God as well and can hear from the Holy Spirit themselves and who God is teaching things to them personally. Um, and so a lot of times the way that prophecy works is you're, you're, you're encouraging them and you're building them up. And a lot of times we're encouraged and built up by um, knowing that we can hear from the Lord ourselves as well. And so this is the most encouraging prophecy that anybody ever gives to me. If somebody gives me a prophetic word and it's they tell me something that I already heard the Holy Spirit speaking to me personally, it is so encouraging to me because it says, oh, wow, I really can hear from the Holy Spirit myself. So the purpose of it is actually, it leads you, it doesn't lead you to go seek that prophet 
for more prophetic words because I can't hear from God myself. It actually leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus yeah. because it encourages and shows you, wow, I can have a relationship with Jesus. And this prophet is telling me words that the Holy Spirit was already stirring up inside of me. So now I know that I can trust and hear from the Holy Spirit. And it's so important to share words and have other people judge them because then you'll never be afraid of getting off in your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, You'll never be afraid of, oh, I'm hearing things, but I don't know if they're actually from the Lord. Well, if you don't know, all you have to do is share them with trusted believers who hear from the Holy Spirit themselves, and they can weigh what you're hearing. They can judge what they're hearing. And then you can have confidence that you are walking with the Lord and hear from the Lord. And if you've gotten off in any way, then those other trusted believers can bring you back. Yeah. Um, and so it just goes along with the, the the message of the Bible again and again is God wants a family. He wants a body who's linked together, who, who are, f- are in love and in friendship with one another. I mean, even Jesus saying that you're going to know who my body is by the way that they love one another. Um, anytime that we talk about a, prof- a prophetic gift, Uh, or any sort of miraculous or um, Holy Spirit inspired giftings or anything like that, we need to, we need to think about them and talk about them the same way that the Bible talks about the purpose (laughs) of the, of the church uh, being united uh, and, and being in brotherly affection, meaning that um, those giftings aren't going to make one shot loners of people and they're not going to isolate people from each other. Um, but they're actually supposed to help bring people together. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I think what you you start talking about like the fear of prophecy a little bit, Reese, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit is like wanting to make this clear to some people in this episode um, that He does not want them to be afraid of being used to prophesy. Like He doesn't want them to be afraid of sharing something and accidentally you know, becoming a false prophet or speaking in error in God's name, whatever, whatever the fear is there. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to remove that like today while you, while you, whoever you are, are listening. Um, I believe this is one of the things the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. And I'm reminded of, uh, Acts chapter 13. And I actually, I wrote this passage down before we started, cause I was going to share from the start of this past, uh, the start of this chapter. And I'm, I'm not going to now, I feel like the Lord is saying, uh, He's pointing me to a little bit later on where um, this is talking about um, Paul and Barnabas and when they went to Cyprus um, and they started to preach the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And then this other quote unquote prophet came along um, and his name was Bar Jesus. And so basically what was happening was this guy, uh, the Bible refers to him as a false prophet, was not, you know, not of the Lord. Uh, he comes along and he's, he starts opposing them. And it says that specifically he was seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. The, the guy that um, he normally worked for was, wanting, was listening to you know, the message of the gospel and starting to be persuaded. And this guy is basically trying to stop him from believing. Um, and then this is what Paul says. It says, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he stared at him and he said, you who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, Will you not stop making crooked the straight ways of the Lord? And I was reading this verse um, along with another one. Um, I believe it was like last night, maybe the day before. Uh, and then earlier today, I was reminded of Luke 9, uh, 49 and 50, 
where it, uh, Jesus' disciples come up to him and they ask him this question. They say, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does, he does not follow along with us. And this is Jesus' response. You know, in, you, I think some Christians today would expect Jesus to have said something like, well, be absolutely sure that he's really a Christian but before, you know, you decide not to call him out or something. You know, it's like, I think that's where what we would do, we would put ourselves in the place of, well, I don't know how to judge this guy, or I'm just going to jump right into judgment. And then if they prove themselves to be legit, then I'm going to listen to them, or then I'm going to believe them, or then I'm going to not hinder them. Jesus says, do not hinder him. This is his, his default response. For the one who is not against you is for you. The one who is not against you is for you. And this is the word, Reese, while you were speaking a second ago, I got, I felt like I got this word from the Lord. And it was just that if you are centered in Jesus Christ, and that is your mission statement in your heart, in your life, that's what you, that's what everything you do is about, then you don't have to be afraid of becoming a false prophet. And the reason is because even if you get something wrong, you, you are, you can look at this, uh, and I'm just gonna use this as an example. Look at this verse where it talks about this guy named Bar-Jesus being a false prophet. Paul calls him out and says, you're full of all deceit and fraud. You are a son of the devil. You're an enemy of all righteousness. His goal was to sway people away from the faith. If your goal, if your goal in your heart is to follow Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love the Lord your God, and to preach the gospel, then you are not a false prophet, even if you have gotten something wrong in the past. Even if you thought you heard from the Lord and you made a mistake and you're in, you're in a learning process, this is what I believe the Holy the, the New Testament, this is the picture it's painting between prophets of God and false prophets, like people that are of the Lord and people are, that are not. And it, it is the same picture that, that Reese painted earlier from the Old Testament in that prophets in the Old Testament knew if God was speaking to them or not. They were very certain about it, you know? <laughs> like the false prophets who kept sharing with the kings, the kings would say, what does God say? And they were all saying, go to war, go to war, it'll be okay, you can do it, you'll win, God's saying you'll win. They all knew that God wasn't saying that to them. And and the reason is because it was coming out of their own minds. Very, you know, it was very obviously like, oh, God did not come upon me, he did not speak to me. Whether they believed that God really spoke or not. You know, I mean, I think there's different categories of false prophet. I'm not saying they all are just 100% like, uh, oh, I know God didn't speak to me, but I'm going to say this anyways, despite what he says. You know, I think some of them are just deceived a little bit more than others. And then some of them are in the camp of, I don't believe God exists, but I'm just going to share this because, you know, you make money off of it or whatever. And I'm guessing that's where Bar Jesus was. I'm guessing he was just in it for the money. Um, but, but the big difference that's painted there is, is your center Jesus Christ or not? You know, in the Old Testament, is your center, the, the presence of God, the Spirit of God coming upon you or not? In the New Testament, is have your motivations changed? You know, and if your motivations have not changed and they're coming from that new nature that's in Christ Jesus, Jesus's default response for you is, don't be afraid of prophesying. You know, don't hinder him from, from doing what, what he's doing because... If he's doing it for me, then, you know, he is for me, even even though every person that's for the Lord makes mistakes. I hope that makes sense. That was like the roundabout way of saying that. <laughs> that is so good. I'm actually, I, I wrote down a verse that completely backs up what you're saying. Um, so I'm going to read this verse here in a sec. But going back again to what Paul says about when one or two prophets share in front of believers 
and then the others get to weigh. Uh, it, anyways, it just continues to support what you're talking about. That why would they need to weigh if <laughs> you know they're weighing the words, they're not weighing the person. Yeah, they're weigh they're weighing. Oh, is this okay? That was accurate. This is from the Holy Spirit. They're not weighing. Are you a true prophet or are you a false prophet? Because that's a lot of people's dichotomy is their understanding is um, you're either a false prophet or you're a true prophet. And if you get one thing wrong, if you make a single mistake, then that means you are a false prophet, yeah. which means you should be judged, which means you should not be allowed to share any more words. And that's why um, I do believe a lot of people are, fe- are fearful. I told I told you the other day how when I first started uh, being encouraged to give prophetic words or, or to give encouraging words to people from the Holy Spirit... I had a lot of fear. My, I had this sense of, I if I tell somebody, I think I heard this from the Lord, maybe, what do you think? And it was wrong, and it wasn't actually from the Lord. If I if I told somebody that I thought I was hearing from the Lord and it was wrong, then I I thought that was the worst thing I could do. Yeah. Um, and I did have like the worst like the worst sin I could commit. I did have a sense of. Uh, that would make me a false prophet. That would be so 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 bad. But I'm gonna actually read this verse here because. Uh, I wish somebody had shared this with me because Peter actually very clearly says what a false prophet is um, in in First Peter chapter two. Uh, so I'm just going to read it. He says, "But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there were false teachers among you." And that I'm going to get back to that in a second. But but take a note that he's talking about false prophets, and then he just goes ahead and lumps false teachers in there as well. Yeah. False prophets rose among you just as there were false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them. That means Jesus, the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. So there's three things that he says about false prophets right here. He says, number one, they're going to bring in destructive heresies, which means they are their words they are giving are against the word of God. Yeah. So if the words you are giving, if you are not speaking words that are against the word of God, then you <laughs> that doesn't that you could not be a false prophet there. Uh, and then it says, even denying the master who bought them, they're literally denying Jesus. If, if, like you said, if you're centered on Jesus and you're not speaking against the word of God, then you are not a false prophet. You could be getting words wrong and hopefully you're submitting them to people so that they can judge them and tell you, hey, that's not actually from the Holy Spirit. You're, that's just in your own mind or, or your own feelings. And then you can sharpen your gifting and get more accurate. Yeah. Um, but so very clearly he says here, that if you are speaking heresies and if your motivation of your heart is to deny Jesus Christ, if you're not preaching Jesus, if you're preaching something else, then you are a false prophet. And the last thing that makes you a false prophet is if you're, you are greedy and your greed is causing you to exploit people with false words. Just like you talked about the Old Testament, those prophets that told kings what they wanted to hear so they could make money. Those are the three things that make a false prophet. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking heresies against the word of God, denying Jesus, and exploiting people out of greed. If you are not doing those three things, you are not a false prophet. You may be super immature, and you may give a hundred words that you thought were from the Holy Spirit, and they were all wrong, and hopefully you submitted them to people to help you grow and mature. But if your heart is centered on the word of God and on Jesus Christ, especially, and you're not trying to manipulate and exploit people, then you're not 
a false prophet. And uh, and I pointed it out at the beginning, but I'll point it out again. He lumps false teachers in with false prophets. And this is very, very important because teachers don't give words from the Lord. The p- teachers don't say, oh, I heard the Holy Spirit say this and I'm going to speak it to you. But false teachers do the same thing that false preachers, uh, false prophets do. And that is teach against the word of God, teach against the truth of Jesus Christ, and also teach in such a way to basically just exploit people and make money. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's very clear that it's not about the uh, the accuracy because teachers can't be more or less accurate with whether or not they're hearing from the Lord because teachers aren't relying on hearing from the Lord. We're, they're teaching out of like the Bible or this or that yeah, or different, but, uh, different holy books. But teachers, um, so anyways, it's, teachers can get it wrong too, though. Even though, Absolutely. even though their heart is in the right place, you know, and I think it's very similar because I've seen teachers correct themselves later, years mm-hmm. later and say, I taught this once before and I said it this way and now I'm coming back and I'm, I'm correcting what I said, you know, because right. I've but studied th- the word more and now I understand it mm-hmm. better, you know, but that doesn't make them a false teacher. That yeah. makes them human. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, it does. Because <laughs> if, if they were actually a false teacher, then... <laughs> If they came back and re- and repented from something that they said earlier, it would be a much bigger repent. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Oh, I was I was teaching this this thing, but I actually see in the Word of God now that's a little off. It would be a repentance of. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, guys. For years, I have been exploiting people <laughs> and literally teaching things that are against Jesus Christ. Yeah, and are and are actually fooling people into thinking that they have salvation when I'm not preaching. Uh, Jesus Christ, faith in Him alone. Yeah, and and I have to repent for this because uh, my motivation was really uh, wicked. Yeah, um, or demonic even. That that's a false teacher coming out and repenting. What you're talking about is a believer maturing over the years. Yeah, and I think what it's ultimately going to point us to. There's this really amazing verse in Acts uh, four thirty two. And it talks about, it's talking about the congregation of those who believe. So it's talking about essentially the New Testament church uh, meeting together. And it, and this is how it describes them. It says they were of one heart and soul. They were of one heart and soul. And, and that's to me, that is the type of unity that God is wanting to push us toward today too. Like he's, he's never wanted us to leave that unity, you know, that sense of unity. Yeah. And that only happens if we are unified around Jesus Christ himself. You know, so for example, if if a if somebody who's a new believer starts to hear from the Holy Spirit and then at one day they get they think they get this word and they share it with another believer and they say, you know, I think God is telling me this, you know, and then the other believer says, "No, sorry, that's not from the Lord." <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like like maybe it was a word of knowledge about their them and they're like, "Well, you know, I think you missed that one. That's that has nothing to do with me." You know, but at the same time, that more mature believer can say, but it's okay. You know, I was there at one point and keep seeking Jesus, keep abiding in him, keep abiding in Christ, you know, keep listening to the Lord, keep reading the word and you're doing just fine. You know, like even though, and so it's like, in my mind, it's like, that is the thing. It, if if they are a mature believer in that moment, they're going to point them back to Jesus and they're going to say, Absolutely. they're going to say, it's not on you. It's still on him, <laughs> you know, so even though we make mistakes, the grace of God is still enough, you know, for that maturing process. It's, it's enough for, for blatant sins in, on one side of the spectrum, you know, but on the other side of the fence, it's enough for 
making mistakes in our walk with the Lord too, you know, and our ability to, to, to just be obedient to him and do what he's asking us to do. And yeah, it's a good place to be <laughs> when you're dwelling with fellow believers with, and you're in one heart and, and soul. It's a really good place to be. I want to share two quick stories that maybe should help people, uh, illust- help illustrate this to people. Um, and they're both either about me or about my wife. Uh, so the first one is, uh, my wife and I, we share words with each other. If we feel like the Holy Spirit and we pray together sometimes, and if we feel like the Holy Spirit is giving us a word or a picture or something for the other person, we'll submit it to the other person. Um, and going back to first Corinthians 14, I believe it's to be very biblical. Um, and even us just when we spend time together, especially if we're praying together or something like that, like we're having church, we are the church, one or more people, Jesus is with us. And, um, there are times when I've shared words with her, she's shared words for me that did confirm things that the Holy Spirit was already speaking to us. Um, and, and so it's really encouraging and it, it, one, it helps connect us together and obviously we're husband and wife, but it also, it connects friends together. It connects, um, church members together. You know, it, it really is, it can be a relationship oriented, uh, gifting that is helping people, um, learn more about each other, encourage each other, be better friends with each other. Um, and then, and, and pray for each other even more, um, because you, you, you're trusting somebody enough to give them a place to speak into your life. Yeah. Um, and speak words from the Holy spirit. Right. So we've done that for each other. Right. Um, well, there's been one time (laughs) when I definitely very clearly, got it off when I spoke to her a word. And I just wanted to put that out there because it wasn't a huge deal, but it was a, she judged the word. She, she thought about it and she listened to the Holy spirit for herself. And she just said, yeah, that, that word you just shared, that's not from the Holy spirit (laughs) that, you know, that's coming from yourself. That's something that you want for me, but that's not actually a word from the Holy spirit. And I just go, oh, uh, let me ask the Holy Spirit about that as well. <laughs> and so I take some time praying and the Holy Spirit points that out to me and even shows me how um, the things that Krista has, my, my wife Krista has been sharing that the Lord's speaking to her and then also words that I've shared with her, you know, they were all kind of in line over here per se, you know, they're, they're all in line with each other. And then this one word that I shared with her that she said is off, it's, it's out of alignment with all those other things that the Holy Spirit has already been speaking to her. Right. Yeah. And that was that was a very clear picture of like, oh, yeah, this the confirmation, I'd say that this was off uh, and the Holy Spirit speaking to that. My, my heart of just like it's, it wasn't evil. What I shared with her wasn't evil, but it was coming out of my own mind and my own heart. Yeah. So I can submit that as my opinion, but I shouldn't submit that um, as no, this is from the Lord. And, and it's OK that I made a mistake. Totally OK that I made a mistake. Um, but we both realize in relationship that of course I'm human, I can make mistakes. And I just owned up to that and said, yeah, you're right. That was actually just for me. That was my opinion, not actually coming from the Holy spirit. And it, and it helped me mature and it helped her know that she can trust me that if I get something wrong, I'll be willing to admit it. Yeah. You know, and instead of standing on and saying, no, I heard from the Holy spirit. This is from the Lord. You know, you know, you're wrong. This is from the Holy spirit. I'm right. Or whatever. Um, so that that's one way that it can work. The other quick story is from uh, Krista herself. So this was happened the other night. We were having uh, a, a small group gathering, and we were praying for one another, uh, and we left space to share words with one another from the Holy Spirit. And Krista felt uh, like she had a word 
for the person that we were praying for, but she was kind of teetering on whether or not she should share it or not. She wasn't 100% confident that it was from the Holy Spirit, right? And then uh, a little bit later, the person that she was thinking about sharing it with, her name was uh, Kelsey. Kelsey says to her, hey, I've got a word from the Holy Spirit for you. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that you need to trust what you hear from the Holy Spirit. Uh, She said that to Krista and that encouraged Krista, oh, I should share the word that I felt like I heard then. If somebody's telling me I should trust what I hear and and, and in her spirit, she felt like, yes, that is true. This is a word from the Lord. Um, I should trust what I hear. So it should, so then she turned around and said, okay, well, since you say I should trust what I hear from the Holy Spirit, uh, I heard this for you from the Holy Spirit and shared it. Um, and then, and the person that received it, Kelsey, she, uh, confirmed that, yes, this is something that the Holy Spirit was already speaking to her. Right. So you see this reciprocation that's going on between the two of them where they both become encouraged and they both become more confident in their ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and also confident in sharing words with people that they trust and knowing that whether if it's if it they were right, it's going to be a good outcome. But if they were wrong, it's not going to be a bad outcome. It's going to be a maturing outcome. So it's yeah. still going to be a good outcome. The Lord can still like use you were it. Talking about earlier, yeah, He can still Absolutely. use our mistakes. Yeah, man. Um, I really feel like this is something that uh, I think maybe as a question in some people's minds at this moment who are in the early stages of, of, uh, either hearing from the Lord or learning to hear from the Lord. And it's the question of, is this kind of just a guessing game, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to address mm-hmm. that real quick. I feel like I need to, um, yeah. the more that I've, I've, it, yeah, it is true that the more I've heard from the Lord, the easier it is to recognize his voice, you know, and recognize when he's really speaking. But what's even more critical and has been more critical for me in in knowing that I'm hearing from the Lord is the more time I've spent with Jesus just in worship and in prayer and getting close to him, you know, getting close to his heart and and just recognizing his presence, the easier it has been for me to know if a word is from him or not. You know, like uh, an example that's very similar to what you just shared. Like I, you know, there there have been times where I'll say to Leslie, my wife, I'll say, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying this, you know, and I'll share this word I, I thought I got. And as soon as I say it out loud, it's like the presence of Jesus disappears. <laughs> like I say it and then suddenly like I was feeling his presence and then it's gone. And, and then before she even has time to respond, I'll say, uh, never mind. I don't think that was from him. <laughs> you know, like I've stopped myself after, and, and it's just all it took was being in community with somebody else, but also having spent that time with the Lord, you know, that intimate time with him in prayer and worship and just drawing close to him. You know, the, the word talks about um, seeking the Lord. It talks about uh, drawing near to him. Like draw, God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Um, it, it talks about calling out to the Lord. It talks about crying out to him. You know, it talks about, Jesus talks about asking, seeking, and knocking. You know, there's a seeking pursuit, this pursuing process that we have in our relationship with the Lord where He is pursuing us, but we are also pursuing Him. You know, we're also drawing closer to Him and, and falling more in love with Him. And when we're in, when we're taking that time, you know, it's not a, obviously not a religious thing, not a duty thing, but it's a relationship, you know, and when we're taking that time to spend time in His presence, then as soon as we get into community with other believers and we either share a word or 
we share what God has been doing in our life, God is going to use that time in their presence as a, as a way of confirming, you know, what he's doing in the secret place with us, you know, or, or denying in this sense, like in this case, as soon as I shared the word with Leslie, like it's like his presence left. He, he didn't leave me, obviously. He's still there. But he was just letting me know, like, hey, I'm not backing this up, <laughs> you know. And as soon as I said it out loud in community with her, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't from the Lord. You know, it's like that verse where two or more gathered in my name, there I am with them. So as soon as I said something that really wasn't in his name, you know, even though we were gathered together and talking about the Lord, like, it was very obvious that it wasn't in his name. You know, it was very obvious it wasn't from him because it was like, oh, his presence didn't increase in this moment. It decreased, you know, in the sense of me experiencing his presence. And, you know, but as soon as I said, as soon as, I, like you said, as soon as I owned up to it and said, you know what, Leslie, I think I got this wrong. I'm going to go back and pray about it some more. <laughs> then it was like the Lord said, it's okay. You know, it's okay. You get, it's it's all right to get things wrong as, as long as you're willing to admit it. And anyway, so I think I just want to encourage, yeah, I just want to encourage everyone listening right now, you know, instead of seeking, um, and, you know, and I think this is important to say, instead of seeking the prophetic, seek Jesus. If you seek Jesus, his voice is going to be clearer and clearer in your life. And if he's wanting to use you in that way, which I believe he's going to use every believer who's willing at one point or another, whether he wants to prophesy through you one time in your whole life or every day. You know, if you're seeking him, then whatever gifts he wants to give you, he's going to give you. And however he wants to use you, it's going to be clear. It's going to be very clear. You know, he's not a God of confusion and it's not a guessing game. And the more that, and, and, and the more that you seek him, the less that you're going to have to wonder and the more that you're going to have that certainty and that assurance through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I love, I love that, uh, phrasing that like that. It's not a guessing game. And I would, I would say that just it, just encouraging what you've already said that if you're, cause this becomes a lot of people's mindsets and this used to be my mindset used to be my mindset. My mindset was how do I know if I'm hearing from God or if it's my own thoughts? And then I would just focus on whatever thoughts and things I heard, whatever's in my mind or whatever. And then just trying to figure out, is this me? Is this God? And when you're stuck like that and your, your focus is on that, it does become a guessing game. Yeah. It can become a guessing game. It can feel like a guessing game because my focus is I am I'm just trying to judge words here. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying I'm here I'm, I've got words in my head and I'm just trying to judge them. But just like you talked about, you're not judging words, you're judging a person or a presence. Yeah. You're judging so even and a lot I know in the church we say a lot of times in Jesus's name, in Jesus's name. Um, but we have to realize that the word name in the Bible is not is not just a name. It's not it's not a magic word. Or I, I said Jesus's name at the end, so I know this is from Jesus or whatever. Um, the name actually encapsulates a person's entire being. Yeah. Their their character, their thoughts, their emotions, anything. I love. Um, I was looking at the dictionary, Bible dictionary, the other day, and its definition of the word name in the New Testament included. Anything that you think of or feel when somebody says that person's name. Yeah. So if I say the name of Jesus and you have experience with Jesus, if you love Jesus and you are searching after him, not prophetic words, searching after just his presence and just knowing him in a deep and intimate way, you will know when you're doing things in his name. Yeah. Because just like you talked about, anything that you uh, you, you, that relates to him will be there. His presence will be there. The way his, the, the way you feel when you're 
close to him, the, the way your, your mind works when you're close to him. It's like having his thoughts, having the mind of Christ, uh, having his presence, having his spirit, all of those things work it, just based off of that, that concept of in his name, we're doing it in his name. Uh, and not doing it. And so if you're doing it in, in the flesh, that's what the in the flesh looks like. In the flesh looks like, I'm hearing words. Is this from the Lord? Is this not from the word Lord? I don't know. I'm yeah. just guess. I'm just guessing. Um, but if you're doing it in the spirit, it literally is you are seeking him and his face alone. And you will, if you're hearing something while you're seeing his face, then it's probably from him. And you can submit it to somebody else and see um, and, and just to finish off that idea, we ne- also need to understand that when we are all in heaven one day, there will not be any more prophetic words. Yeah. <laughs> it literally says prophecy will cease. Why? Why is prophecy going to cease? Because we don't need to sit around in a circle and say, I heard this from the Holy Spirit for you because we will always be in perfect unity with Jesus Christ. Yeah. With the, the light around us will be God. There, there, there will be no reason for giving prophetic words. There is now. Now there is a reason because we are still in the world. And so we, we have to encourage and build each other up because we're not living at all times in that glorious reality of, of being completely unified with Jesus and only seeing him. We get bogged down by the world. So we need the encouragement, right? Um, but in the future, we're, we don't need the encouragement because we will be perfectly united with him as the bride of Christ. And so we need to remember that when we when we are seeking prophetic gifts, like Paul does encourage, because it's very useful for the church, we need to remember that we're seeking them in light of, I'm ultimately seeking Jesus and him alone. And if he wants to speak through me, I, that's what I want as well. Um, but seeking him because, uh, I'm mean, just thinking of it, say you get to heaven, you spent your whole life with the mindset of, just the words, just, is this right? Or is that wrong? Is this right? Is that wrong? And just, and just did it in that fleshly way. That's not going to be useful to you at all in heaven. It won't be useful to you at all in heaven. But if you spend your whole life getting deeper with Jesus and knowing what he's like, then you are going to be really comfortable in heaven. That will be useful to you in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's going to be useful to you in heaven. Not the, the guessing game. This is, this is right. That's wrong. Like I'm only focused on the accuracy. I'm only focused on the specific words. I'm not focused on on knowing him and being deeper with him. That's not going to actually help you in heaven. Yeah, man. So great. I'm going to end with this. Um, uh, and the only reason I'm sharing this is because I feel like the Holy Spirit's asking me to, but I shared this recently in a video, um, a live stream that I did on YouTube. And this, um, this is actually one of the coolest experiences I've ever had with the Lord. I would say if I had to, to pick one. Um, and the reason was because it was, uh, one of the reasons is because I was seeing, um, you know, sometimes the Lord will give me visions and things and prophetic words. And I was seeing um, a vision much clearer than most of the time when I see things. And it was just so clear and so um, accurate. But I think the reason it was, and my heart's not always in this place, you know, sometimes I start getting excited about visions and I, you know, and I start focusing on those things too much. But in this moment, uh, I was I was seeing this vision of the Lord. I was seeing Jesus Himself, like sitting at the right hand of the Father, and I started to uh, the Lord started to show me like He wanted to tell me some things, and I started to see these other visions, and it was almost like they were coming in in front of Him, you know, and uh, so I couldn't see Him anymore, 
And these are things the Lord was trying to show me. Like he was saying, Troy, I need you to write these things down. And he was showing me these other visions. And it, and I just started to like fight them. <laughs> and I just said, Lord, I know you want to show me these things, but can I just look at you, you know, a little longer? And in that moment, I just realized like, it's so, you know, it's so easy for us to take the focus off of him when especially when God is doing really cool things in our lives. And it's so easy for us to look at those things and to think, well, if God would just show me visions, then my life would be so much better, you know, or I would be so much more mature spiritually, or if God would just use me to heal somebody, or if God would just speak to me in a clearer way or whatever. And it's just not true. You know, the the ultimate source of our life and our satisfaction is Jesus himself. And when we, you know, God is going to do those things. But the best place for God to do those things is when our heart is in a place where it's just seeking solely after Him. It's just looking at Him intently and wanting to know Him more. And yeah, and all, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I think that's all there is, you know, that's all there is. And gosh, if we can just learn to get to that place where it's like, yeah, these things are amazing, these things are great, but the one who gives these gifts is so much better, you know, He's so much more amazing. He's so much greater and he's so much more worthy of praise and being exalted. You know, sometimes we exalt the gifts above the giver. And I think God is just wanting to get every believer back to the place where our heart is to exalt the giver above everything else. And then any gifts he wants to give us, you know, for us to be happy with that and, and to use it, but also to, to never let, let it replace him, you know, in our hearts. So, Reese, I'm going to go ahead and call this episode closed. But if you want to share one more time uh, a uh, link to any resources you have, maybe talk about your book for a second. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. This is such a, uh, a joy and a privilege. Um, if anyone wants to read anything of mine or see anything of mine, uh, they can go to holdingfireblog.com. Um, and from there, there's uh, links to my YouTube channel, um, which has some songs on there. There's uh, links to my book, which is um, Out of the Shadows, A Journey into the Kingdom of Light, uh, which is mainly my kind of testimony of of coming out of religion and coming into a deeper relationship um, with God and being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and maturing in a lot of this stuff that we're talking about right now, um, even and, and keeping uh, learn, learning how to keep your eyes on Jesus, even while um, getting into some of the supernatural stuff that that is available to us um because of jesus because of the spirit um and then also i have a podcast as well and you are on there already a couple of times oh yeah so if anybody <laughs> wants to go check that if they're like you you're, you're already on there so they can listen to some more stuff of us talking but that is burn b-u-r-n burn by reese black and you can find it on itunes you can find it on spotify so thank you yeah reese thanks a lot for joining me on this episode man it's been awesome This is Troy Black, and you've been listening to My Prophetic Journal. If you'd like to support this ministry, find out how on TroyBlackVideos.com. You'll also find links to my YouTube videos, books, blog posts, and more. That's TroyBlackVideos.com. I hope you'll join me again for another entry of My Prophetic Journal.